I was really touched by that song um, that we would live in the index of his eyes and uh, that we would enjoy his presence um, so that we could be those people through whom the Lord could close this age. I, uh, I was very touched that the Lord needs some Samuels and uh, like Moses, Daniel, um, David, these kind of persons. Um, that the Lord, the Lord needs these kind of people, human beings, uh, to cooperate with him so that he can do what he wants to do on the earth today. This is amazing. And all of you uh, listening tonight, obviously, have a great interest in God, or I doubt that you would uh, be here tuned in. Uh, that's really good because God is very interested in you, actually. Um, and he's interested in having young people like Daniel and his companions through whom he can carry out his desire. So tonight, uh, we want to see something particular from the book of Daniel. You all have traversed the terrain of six chapters so far. And uh, I'd like to uh, highlight a few significant things from the first six chapters of Daniel, uh, but not just so we can study the Bible, but so we can enjoy God himself tonight, uh, his face. As we are, uh, as we are all together, I really hope you, you, you know, I can't see, I can't hear your responses or anything. Like, I don't know if someone would want to say, amen, I can't hear you, but that's okay. Uh, because you're with the Lord and, uh, you can enjoy him in his presence, even though I can't hear you. And I'm seeking the Lord to know what to say. I'm not really sure either what to say tonight, but the Lord knows, uh, what we all need. And uh, significant, this is significant, uh, this message, I think, for, for the day we're in today, for this time, actually, that in human history. So in the book of Daniel, there's two histories. There is the physical human history, but there's also a mysterious divine history. There are two histories that are going on simultaneously in the book of Daniel, you all saw in the book of Daniel in chapter two, that there was a great human image, but you also saw that there was a stone cut without human hands. And that stone that was cut without human hands crushed that human image. That stone that represents the divine mysterious history of uh, which really represents Christ and all of his uh, overcoming believers. But that great human image there in Daniel chapter two that you all saw represents human history. And that human image that you saw, that really represents human history and the totality of human government since it was instituted in Genesis and all the way from the head, the golden head all the way to the toes that you all saw in Daniel chapter 2. That represents the totality of human government, which will eventually 
uh, be here at the end of this age that we're in today. And so you see there a, a, a big view of human history there with a great human image that Daniel saw and interpreted that vision that the king of Babylon, the dream that he had. But also you, there was that stone and that stone there, that again, that represents another kind of history, a divine, mysterious history that was going on there was something happening with that stone we want to see. And that was happening in the midst of the human history. Human history is like a shell. But the divine history is like a kernel within the shell of human history. Human history is meaningless if there is no divine, mysterious history taking place. And so we want to see how we can participate in the divine, mysterious history of God in the midst of the physical human history that we are in today. And uh, we were all born into the human history physically. All of us are a part of human history. Well, we were also reborn into the divine history. And that's the history we want to focus on today, specifically is the divine history, but we want to see the context of the human history as well. And so I think it's important for us to realize that the heavens rule. You all may remember from Daniel chapter 4 that uh, Nebuchadnezzar got very proud and he was like a beast because he was judged by God because he thought that he gained everything by his own wisdom and by his own efforts. Actually, he didn't gain anything by his own effort and his own wisdom. It was God himself who gave him his kingdom. It is the Lord who causes the kings to rise and fall. It is he who is over all. I think it's Daniel chapter 4 verse 26 that says the heavens rule. When he realized the heavens ruled, that's when he regained his kingdom. He had lost it for quite a while because of his pride. But the fact is, Daniel realized that the heavens rule over all things, all kings, all nations, all events, even the pandemic that we're in right now, which is global, the heavens rule over everything. This is really significant. That doesn't mean that God causes all things to take place. He cannot righteously ordain certain things. But the fact is, his throne is over all things, and he manages all things throughout human history so that he could have something precious for himself in the divine history with his people on the earth. In the book of Daniel, verse 1 indicates that the situation was tragic. Jerusalem had been besieged taken over. God's holy city was destroyed. The temple of God, the center of the worship of God in the Old Testament was over. The vessels had been taken from the house of God, brought into Babylon, into an idle land, and it seemed like God's testimony on the earth, what God was doing on the earth, the worship to God had been stopped. It was finished. The situation was tragic. 
Daniel and his three companions had been recruited to be groomed up by King Nebuchadnezzar to essentially be his slaves for the kingdom of darkness. But Daniel and his three companions refused to come under that, that kind of dark authority and to be on his side. They said no to the king's food, no to the king's decrees. They would not come under his kind of rule, although they submitted to his authority because they were proper human beings. But nevertheless, we see that Daniel and his companions were there in this situation of seeming tragedy and confinement. You know, I'm not really sure they were able to see the rest of the children of Israel who were also suffering in Babylon. I'm not sure they were able to be with them or see them at all. That's, that's quite a suffering to not be able to see these other human beings, just to be with these four. But at least they had each other. But nevertheless, what a suffering that is to be confined there. And in this global pandemic today, it may be, and it is, it is truly the case, many human beings are suffering to the uttermost right now in confinement. It's a, quite a suffering. But how was it that Daniel and his companions were able to overcome to stand with God without compromise in the midst of an apparently tragic situation. How was it that he and his companions were able to do this? Well, we realized that God was actually not defeated. Actually, God had Daniel and he had his three companions who were cooperating with him, who stood with him and they were his testimony even though it seemed that the enemy had won, he hadn't. Because those young people, those young men, maybe young, you may think you're insignificant. You're not insignificant. Trust me, you are not. Daniel and his companions were young, but God used them in the midst of that, of that world situation under that dark authority. They stood with him and they were one with God. And it's interesting, you, you know, that, um, that these young people, this Daniel and his companions, they were faithful to the Lord. They loved him. You know, I think we, I think we love the Lord Jesus Christ very much. And um, I'd like us to see something a little bit here related to, uh, related to the stone. That stone that crushed that great human image there. You know, in the Bible, Christ is emphasized as a stone, the cornerstone, the foundation stone, the top stone, the stumbling stone. The Bible emphasizes that Christ is a stone. But also, the Bible indicates that we are living stones. 1 Peter 2.5 says that you yourselves also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. So we realize that stone there, that stone that represents the divine history, God and his people who are one, that divine mysterious history that is God and man together, enjoying one another, being together in the desire of God's heart. Those stones that Peter's talking about, they're a part of that stone that crushes that human image the lord said in matthew 16 18 i will build 
my church. That's what he said. And Peter said that we're living stones being built up as a spiritual house. That's really interesting. But I like us to, to look at a verse. And if you have the verse sheet, there's a particular verse I want us to look at. And that is Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. And that verse um, says specifically uh, related to what God wants to gain on this earth. In the, midst of a, in the midst of human history, there's something he wants to gain. Thus says Jehovah, heaven is my throne, the earth the footstool for my feet. Where then is the, is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? For all these things my hand has made. And so all these things have come into being, declares Jehovah. But to this kind of man will I look to him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. The Lord is uh, the, the, the God of the heavens, the ruler of all. Heaven is his throne. The earth is the footstool for his feet. But where is the house? Where's the place of his rest, young people? Where is it? This is what he's looking for. To this kind of man, Will I look? He's looking for a kind of man so that he can dwell in that man. And that man can become his house, his dwelling place on the earth today. He's looking for that church. I will build my church. That's what Jesus Christ said. Peter said, you're living stones being built up into a spiritual house. We're the house. You're the house. We together are being built up to be the Lord's house, his dwelling place on the earth today. This is something the Lord is wanting to gain as he's the ruler over all of the uh, nations, the world situation, and the uh, environment. He is also wanting to gain something particular in the divine history with us, his people. And that is his dwelling place, the place of his rest. There was a little bit of a link there, a little bit, that you may have realized, the, a little bit of a connection between the, the human history and the divine history. But uh, I really didn't make a, a strong connection between those two um, so much in that first session. Um, and, I'm, and I don't think I'm going to in the second one either. Um, but the fact is, um, there's a, a marvelous connection between the human history and what God is doing in his people throughout all of time going along with human history. But there's a lot of examples from the Bible uh, even from the book of Daniel later in the book uh, that y'all could definitely see some amazing things um, from. But what I'd like to focus on now is the, 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 the question about what God wants to gain uh, in the midst of human history and uh, in, in, the human, in the human situations uh, in the greater sense. Um, and in the, in the smaller sense, in our daily living, 
and and when we're at home and this kind of thing um you know daniel and his companions they uh they realized that god wanted something daniel was a man i just love him so much he knew that god really desired something and he joined himself to that desire of god way surpassing his own pleasure his own desires and his own aims or goals actually he took god's goal god's aim and god's desire as his own how is it possible that men on the earth could realize the great desire of god himself well because daniel and his companions daniel was a man who knew god's word number one he knew his word and i think there's a i think in the verses maybe verse in chapter 9 verse 2 or 3 it actually says there that daniel knew the scriptures and then there's another verse in daniel chapter 9 maybe verse 14 that says he was confessing the sins of Israel and he said that we did not attend to your truth. Actually, when you get into Daniel chapter 9, it's absolutely amazing. The whole prayer is basically the word of God. Daniel knew the Bible so well that he in his prayer in Daniel chapter 9, it's completely the word of God. He's just speaking the words of God, the words of Moses, the words that he had been filled with because he read the word of god it's really amazing so uh during this uh, global pandemic that we find ourselves in today um and during this time of confinement i don't know if there's a um well i would just say that it seems like this is a good opportunity for us to read the bible and to enjoy the word of god so much just to read it so um, in this section, in this session, there's two words I want you to remember. They're open vessel. Open vessel. God needs open vessels. And the first word of that phrase is open. So Daniel had to open the Bible. And he also had to open his eyes to read it. And when he opened his eyes and he opened the word of God, he, wow. He could see that God had a desire. In that day and age, Daniel knew that God actually wanted his people to return to Jerusalem to build up his temple, his house. Daniel knew what God really wanted was not just Daniel and three companions. He didn't just want four people to be his testimony on the earth. He wanted his house in Jerusalem to be his dwelling place, the place of his rest. And so for that to happen, though, Daniel saw from the word of God that God planned on doing that. But God wasn't just going to do that without someone on earth to cooperate and echo what was in the heart of God back to God. And so you all remember from Daniel chapter 6, how he opened. There's another opening. He opened his windows to Jerusalem. Three times a day, he knelt down and he prayed. He set his face toward that holy city of God, Jerusalem, the house 
that God himself wanted in the Old Testament time. In the New Testament time today, God wants his house. That's He wants us. He wants to dwell among us and in us and with us. He wants us to be his dwelling place. And that's a collective thing, not just individually, but collectively. It's interesting. You know what Daniel also did? Y'all saw this in, in Daniel. He opened up to his companions. He opened. He made the matter known to his companions. Daniel was not an individual spiritual hero. He was a companion of others. How much do we need each other in these days? In these days of isolation, we need one another, y'all. We need to reach out to each other. And maybe, I don't know, we could read the Bible together, sing together, and, uh, and I'm speaking to myself. Some of us are, have a tendency to stay isolated, but, uh, but maybe the Lord would lead us to reach out to one another more, to really uh, to, to see if there's a way that we could, uh, that we could uh, what's that, what did it say in that song earlier? Uh, flow, flow that river out uh, to some of uh, those around us um, during, this, during this time, like, like Daniel, who opened to his companions. And there may be some troubling things, too. Uh, it's not easy being in this, uh, in this uh, right now, just like it wasn't easy for them to be in that situation either. And um, another thing that Daniel, a characteristic of, of this kind of man that the Lord's looking for, like Daniel and his companions, another characteristic, they opened the Bible. He opened the Bible and he was filled with God's word. He opened his eyes to read it. He opened his windows toward God's goal, not his own. And he opened to his companions, but he also, and this is so crucial, he opened his heart to God himself. He opened his heart to God himself. This is amazing because God himself has opened his heart to us already. He opened his heart to us through the word of God. He has shown us what he desires in this age that we're living in today. He already opened it to us. But he needs people who will open their heart to him. Then God will have channels open vessels, channels through which he can fulfill his desire. In the case of Daniel and his companions, because Daniel prayed and the enemy, of course, we remember the enemy tried to kill him and that was to kill his prayer because through his prayer, God was able to cause the people to return to Jerusalem and God's house did in fact get rebuilt. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. That happened because of Daniel's faithfulness to have an open heart to the desire of God and to respond to him. They did return. They did build his house. And, and that did happen. That's awesome. Well, in, in, a, in our day today, God also 
wants to build. The Lord said, I will build my church. God wants to build his church today. He wants that house, the place of his rest. In a sense, he's homeless. In a sense, the heavens are his throne. The earth is the footstool for my feet. But where is the place of my rest? Where's the house you will build for me? That's what he said, you know. That's what the Lord said. He opened his heart. That's quite something that God would even say that. That's amazing. And that indicates how much he wants to have a history with us. Not just the physical human history. No. He wants a history with his people. That's the history that God will remember. That's the history that we will remember. The history with our triune God, with God himself. The history that we can build up every day, even right now in our rooms, by alone. We can have a history with the living God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, that history that we build up with God involves a great thing, and that's an open heart. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ will make his home in our hearts through faith. You, you, may, you may see that, ver, uh, that verse on the verse sheet. That's the last verse of the verse sheet. That Christ will make his home in our hearts through faith. So there, um, the, um, the, uh, the marvelous, the mar marvelous thing there is, uh, is, is just think about this. The eternal God wants your heart to be his home. Actually his home. Is that, is that amazing to you or what? In your very heart, God wants to have a home. Not just in your heart, but in my heart, in our hearts. It says your hearts, your hearts, plural, through faith. So I am so encouraged right now because God, I love God. and. By the mercy of God, I know his desire. And that's only because God's word has been opened up to the extent that I understand that God wants a home in this universe. And he wants some who will be channels through which he can build up his temple spiritually in this age today, that will actually result in the ending of this present age. When God has that temple, that house, which is us, when he makes his home in our hearts in full, God will end this age and he'll return in the same way that the children of Israel returned to that land and built up his house, that brought in Christ's first coming. But when Christ builds up his spiritual house, that will bring in his second coming. And we'll be like Daniel and we'll be like his companions. You know why? 
because we'll be age turners, age enders. We will end the present age by opening our hearts, our whole beings to the living God. Whatever is in your heart, you all, whatever is in your heart, open it up to God. Open your mouth. Open your eyes. Open your heart. Speak to Him. Open to Him. Call on His name. Don't let the enemy speak to you so much. Just listen to the Word of God. Christ wants to make home there, deep in your heart. So I think um, a few practical points, and that's enough, is that, um, you know, a good way to open your heart is to, is to just talk to Him, converse with Him in your daily living. While you're at home and while I'm at home with my kids, my two-year-old, my four-year-old, and my two-month-old, I really need to talk to the Lord a lot. Otherwise, I just can't make it. And that's okay. He knows that. But it's not insignificant that I would speak to him and open to him, even in my very practical daily life. Because, you know, it wasn't that Daniel was such a great person in the sense of, uh, of being this great, great person. He was a great person, but that's because he was open to God. That's why. It's not because he was special. No, there was nothing that was unique about him in comparison to all of you. No, Daniel, he just lived a life of being open to God himself through his word and by being with his companions. Isn't that wonderful? It's so marvelous, y'all. Um, I just want to say thank you, Lord, that you yourself are the ruler of the heavens. Lord, I thank you that we could have this time together, that you are carrying out your marvelous will through channels, open vessels. Lord Jesus, we pray you'd have your house. We pray, Lord, you'd build these stones together into a spiritual house for you. We pray, Lord, that you would make your home in our heart today. Lord, cause us to pray simple prayers every day that you would make your home in our hearts. Cause us to open our hearts to you and to one another. Lord, and do bring this age to a close. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ.